Hey, yo, say hello to the back. Scott Hall. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you listen to SNS Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, P-P-P, the king of Adabing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. Stay tuned or you will feel Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line, the Stone Cold Central. The world is listening. to the whole Andy show. Your dedicated home for all things Andy in the world of professional wrestling and sports entertainment. When I say, I mean what I mean, I say, and they become anthems. I told you, if you let me out of my cage, I'm going to pile of bodies to the sky. They just gave me a live mic on pay-per-view. If you all don't mind, I'd like to get a few things off my chest. My name is Kevin Steen. And fuck Ring of Honor! Fuck you, you're wrong. Fuck you, we're right. Because you have all made it to the dance. Because believe me, this is the dance. With your hosts, Ashley is my name. You ripped out my heart! You took everything I believed in and you flushed it down the damn toilet. You flushed my heart. You flushed my soul. And now it sickens me to sit back and see other people making the same mistake. And the Sun City Savior, Randy McWilliams. There are so many amendments in the Constitution <laughs> of the United States of America. But I plead, fifth, uh, one, two, three, four, fifth. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, other people that aren't ladies and gentlemen, you know. We're equal opportunities here. Welcome to the whole indie show here on the SNS Radio Network. This is Ashley, and joining me, as ever, is my co- or one of my co-hosts. Randy is having uh, some internet issues. That's why he wasn't on last week. That's why he isn't on this week. Hopefully, they will be resolved pretty damn soon. Because I want to get Randy back and have the triumvirate of... Uh, I don't know. 
I don't know what we call ourselves. Some fancy name. The three man band. Not the... No, I was gonna say three amigos, but then yeah. Uh, we could call ourselves the Bullet Club, but then we'd have to be four of us. Was it five? I don't know. Anyway, joining me as ever is Sandro, and that that opening went down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm doing fine. Um, a very interesting uh, news that came out uh, during this weekend. Looking forward to talk about the G1 climax in the next segment. Yes, but uh, well, one thing which I the story, the new story that I was going to start off with that comes from that will actually leave to the second segment because it was a big part of. Uh, how uh, the whole event came out uh, to to be finish wise. So I'll leave that as well for the second segment. But uh, I'll actually start off with uh, some kind of not great. Kind of this week is a week of bad news. Sorry, you know, I don't want to be depressing to people because. You know, I've 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 not had a great week myself, but you know I'm powering through it, people. Uh, but uh, AIW obviously has had the issue with uh, the fact that they it was more than likely that BJ Whitmer wasn't going to be on due to what happened with him at Ring of Honor, and uh, therefore stripping BJ of the intense title that AIW has there was more news from AIW that uh, apparently Uha Nation who was scheduled to face Josh Alexander at the Gleaming the Cube show in a couple of weeks he uh, obviously as he's a Dragon Gate talent and is under contract he's been called back earlier than was expected so he can't make the Gleaming the Cube show Nope. But in place of that, and fitting into the BJ Whitmer uh, title uh, vacation, the intense title is being put on the line in a six-way ladder match, with Josh Alexander being one of the six participants, alongside Philip Kendrick, Lewis Linden, M-Dog Matt Cross, Marion Fontaine, and Andrew Everett, which I think is his debut show for AIW as well. Mm-hmm. So, not a bad replacement, I'll give it that. Certainly. Yeah, uh, that match will be insane. Um, now, some more not great news. And relating to BJ Whitmer, and it's really only just come in once we once we uh, started recording this show, uh, Sandra, do you want to give us the details about BJ? Uh, yes, um, not really good. Not really good news uh, about BJ Whitmer. Uh, this story came from PW Insider, of course, from Mike Johnson, and they are reporting that BJ Whitmer was diagnosed earlier this week with a bruised spinal cord in his neck. Uh, this stems, of course, from that uh, uh, power jar that he received 
uh, last week at the uh, Ring of Honor. I'm sorry, two weeks ago at the Ring of Honor with Arganta in Toronto when he had the match with Mike Bennett. Uh, not only was he diagnosed with the uh, bruised spinal cord, but he was also diagnosed with a uh, spinal stendius. Sorry if I butchered that uh, word, but this uh, this secondary uh, injury also resulted in the ending of the career of Edge and Stone Steve Austin. Now, because of this, Whitmer has decided to seek a second opinion on this, and he is scheduled to go to undergo more medical tests in the upcoming weeks. Uh, there's really no timetable as far as this uh, news came out, so we don't really know if he even plans to return until he gets the second opinion uh, from this other doctor that he's going to see. But uh, definitely send your prayers to BJ Wilmer because uh, this is a really scary news for him. And we all hope that he pulls through and, you know, he doesn't have this uh, this career injury. Yeah, because with, with something like that, it's probably something that he could come back from but probably at least 12 months down the line. And even so, the likelihood of his career going beyond, I don't know, another four or five years after that is the most likely situation, but probably not beyond five. It it could be similar to a Stone Cold Ned situation, pretty much. They they can go for a bit, but then just for the whole idea of trying to keep your health in a you know a relatively better place, it'll, he'll probably have to retire earlier than he probably would have expected to, which is a damn shame. And absolutely, send your thoughts and prayers his way. And then. We had another <laughs> significant injury that came from, well, this, this is an interesting one because apparently WSU had a secret show, which we will be given the results of uh, in a few minutes, but Athena got injured in that secret show, which meant she couldn't compete in the uh, main event of the Uncensored Rumble pay-per-view on the Saturday. Plus, added into that, Jessica Havoc couldn't make it due to travel problems. Mm -hmm. So your main event had nobody versus nobody on paper, so there had to be some quick scheduling there. Uh, Athena has made a statement to uh, Diva Dirt regarding uh, her injury and apparently she won't be able to get an MRI until next week but has been told that the cartilage that's around her shoulder has been damaged. So she'll have to see an orthopedic, sol- orthopedic shoulder surgeon for treatment and will be out of action for at least two to three months which means she will not be able to compete at uh, 
Shine 12, which is next week. And depending how long it takes, she could be out of possibly WSU's next show, depending when it is. And even possibly the Shimmer tapings in October. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, keep Athena in your thoughts and prayers as well. So, uh, not great stuff there, but uh, we had a nice bit of news. Seems to be something of a rarity this week, but it was that the final six competitors announced for the Battle of Los Angeles from PWG and the six are Willie Mack, Joey Ryan, Rich Swan, Roderick Strong, Drake Younger and Kevin Steen. They have also announced pretty much the whole schedule for night one of the tournament. Uh, so we're going to have Michael Elgin taking on Rich Swan, Kevin Steen taking on Chuck Taylor. Oh my god. Sorry. <laughs> that's just what well, that stands out. Johnny Gagano versus Willie Mack. That's uh, Trent versus Kylo Riley. Joey Ryan versus Drake Younger. Well, that's a conflict of interest. Tony Nice versus ACH. <laughs> I know. Brian Cage versus Tommaso Jumper. And Roderick Strong versus AR Fox. And then, as a bonus, in pretty sweet bonus probably. Six-man tag match with the champion. Well, okay. Champion. The champions as of before 10, whether they're champions or not now, we'll have to see. Adam Cole and the Young Bucks taking on the team of Forever Hooligans, Rocky Romero and Alex Kozlov, and the artist currently known as Manic, a.k.a. TJ Perkins. Again, I'm confused as to how that will happen, but okay. Yeah, night one looks uh, it looks really good on paper, and we'll definitely talk about that in the upcoming weeks leading up to the, the show. Yeah. Uh, so, trying to think, I think there's another little bit of news. Yes, over in Japan this past weekend, Miss Serena Deeb won the. WNC Women's Championship. She did. And she proudly posted the picture of her with the belt on the Twitters. Now, what what company is that? Is it one of the up-and-coming ones in Japan for the Joshi Wrestling? No, uh, WNC is a independent promotion that is run by former ECW WWE uh, talent Tajiri. Okay. That's his promotion, and it's a mix of, you know, both men and women wrestling. So, uh, I believe currently she's the only American uh, female wrestler there so far. Um, I think she beat Lynn Barone over the weekend. So, uh, mm-hmm. congratulations to Serena Deeb winning her, if I'm not mistaken, maybe her first championship in Japan. Yes. I'm, I'm I'm very pleased for her because uh, I thought she, with the injury that she sustained, I thought she'd be uh, not having a wrestling career. But 
she's managed to come back from it and deserves all the recognition she can get. So I'm very proud, even though I had no actual personal involvement in her getting back. I don't know. <laughs> just, I don't, that's, that's how I feel as a wrestling fan. I don't know how. It, I don't know what that means, but you know, it means something probably in that place they call the internet. Otherwise, we'll just get comments going, This is gay! Get on with it! Because I know what the internet's like. Anyway, uh, with that, it's now time for... um, Sandra, have you got any uh, Mexico or Japan news, or shall we jump into results? Just two quick news, and I'll go... First off, uh, just a little bit of uh, Evolved News. Um, they announced that this week, uh, they announced their next set of tapings for Evolve. It's going to be a doubleheader. Uh, well, not really a doubleheader, a double shot weekend, excuse me. Uh, it's going to be in early September uh, for the Evolve brand, and it, both shows will take place, once again, here in New York City, although the information as far as the venues has not been revealed, so... Maybe in the next couple of, maybe by next week you'll find out. Uh, as far as uh, Lucha news, one thing that I, for, I completely forgot to mention a few weeks ago, uh, CMLL has already announced their main event for the 80th anniversary show coming up next month. Originally, they had confirmed it was going to be a mass match between Atlantis and Ultimo Guerrero, but they had a press conference a few weeks ago and that is now changed what's gonna happen is that there's gonna be a wild card tag team match in which a baby face and a heel will team up to face another baby face and heel in which the losing team will face off in a mask versus mask match and the teams are gonna face each other is the team of Atlantis and Ultimo Guerrero to take on the team of La Sombra and Volador Jr. Now, the funny thing is that both teams have a feud going on. And, of course, um, as I said before, the losing team, they'll meet up later on in a mass match. Me, personally, I don't like this idea, and I know a lot of fans in Mexico are really pissed because they really wanted the Atlantis uh, Guerrero match. They didn't want this, but I guess the MLL booking is uh, doing what they usually do, and this is what they're giving it. This, of course, is a twist in which they actually they actually lose anyway, and then have the match. Of course, if it, if, if Atlantis and Guerrero um, win, they're going to be even more pissed. <clears throat> anyway, uh, is that I think that's is that all from you, Sandro, for the. That's it. Okay, so results. Uh, we're going to start off with FIP's Heat Stroke Eye Pay Per View, which uh, we saw Jesus De Leon with Sozo Rivera beat Kenneth Cameron. Uh, the throwbacks of Dash Hatfield and Mr. Touchdown beat Eddie Graves and Teddy Stigma. So apparently the throwbacks are still on par with each other, kind of thing. 
Uh, Jessica Havoc versus Maxwell Chicago. This was interesting because uh, Maxwell beat Havoc by putting putting his uh, feet on the ropes and apparently stole a kiss. Sammy Callahan is going to beat the shit out of you, Maxwell. That's all I'm saying. Uh, then we had Lince Dorado beat Jason Rance, who was uh, accompanied by uh, MSL. Apparently, Rance tried to remove Dorado's mask, but the throwbacks actually uh, came in for the save. So, interesting, interesting move there. Uh, the FIP Florida Heritage Championship match. Uh, Granakuma beat Uha Nation to win the title, so uh, new champion there. Uh, then Solo Darling with Daphne uh, took on Lever Bates in a showing showcase match because of the uh, show that's happening next weekend. Basically, trying to get people to. Uh, Watch it and everything. But the match actually ended in no contest when Larry Dallas intervened or in, in, interfered and got involved. Which I think then <clears throat> resulted in <clears throat> the TLC match happening, which saw Mia Yim and Dos Bendejos of uh, Jay Rios and Eddie Cruz with Lever Bates. Defeating Larry Davis and the NOW, the now, of uh, Vic Delicious and Hale Collins, who was accompanied by Trina and Michaels. <coughs> um, yeah, Mia Yim and Dos Bendales get the win after superplexing Dallas off the top rope for a table. It's also worth noting, though, that Mia Yim did hit a 450 on Dallas. Which is impressive in itself. And uh, then the main event, where, if you remember, <clears throat> the stipulation was put in that the titles can be changed on a disqualification. John Davis with MSL was taking on Trent Beretta, and actual, by the looks of it, from a clean finish... Trent Beretta wins and is your new FIP World Heavyweight Champion. Mm-hmm. So, uh, congrats to congrats to Akuma for the Florida Heritage Championship, and also congrats to Trent for being FIP World Champion now. Huzzah, hurrah, and all those other noises that I can't even think of. So now we come to wrestling is art. <sighs> I have no, I do, I am not aware of what the attendances were for these shows. Whether they were above or below the forty to fifty that wrestling is awesome got the previous week. We've got no, I have no record. But uh, starting off with the tenth was the Saturday show, in. Haverhill, Massachusetts. Started off with uh, Neo Teppin and Sunblaster. Sorry, Neo Teppin and Sunbuster beating the Bateria of Oberian and Kodama. 
in what's labelled on the website as an upset. That's not an upset. It's kaiju, damn it. <gasps> Haven't you seen Pacific Rim? Uh, the proletariat Bora Moldova beat Jervis Cottonbelly. Uh, Tim Dons beat the Estonian Thunderfrog. Kobold defeated Assailant. Uh, Yaka beat Frightmare. Antonio Thomas pinned Juan Francisco de Coronado. And Green Ant pin Max Smashmaster. Which then I think saw some sort of attack afterwards heading into the Sunday show. Which started off with uh, the team of Juan Francisco de Coronado and the proletariat Bore Moldova beating Steve Turtle and El Heo de Ice Cream. Huh. Uh... Tim Dons beat Antonio Thomas. Javis Cottonbelly Jav- uh, beat Yaka via disqualification. So probably some Buckabella tactics from uh, Yaka. Max Mashmaster beat the Estonian Thunderfrog. Then a very interesting one, Drew Gulak beat Tommaso Ciampa. Then we had uh, Francis O'Rourke make AR Fox submit. That means AR Fox actually did three shows on three nights. The life of indie wrestling. Pretty impressive. Yeah, that's that's the, that's the ins and outs of indie wrestling for you. Multiple shows, multiple nights. Unless you're Kevin Steen and you just decide to do PWG. I still need to watch that video of his weekend. Uh, Escapades or whatever it's called. And the main event of the Sunday show saw the team of Green Ant, Assailant and Frightmare beat uh, the team of the Bateri of Cobold, uh, Oberian and Kodam. I think their next shows are coming up in October. Have a quick look. Oh, November. All I will say is there are quite a few, um, quite a few wrestling is, 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 is over the next, well, this week and next week, and then it goes quiet for a bit. I just want to say probably because probably because they're working out how to bring back Shikara because the other shows aren't drawing enough. Yeah, I just want to mention real quick. Um, very surprised uh, to see that uh, Tommaso Ciampa made one of these appearances for, you know, one of the wrestling is. Yeah, uh, but uh, him working with a uh, Drew Gulak, I'm sure that had to be a good match. It's just just thinking about it and knowing what Gulak's like. It probably was a damn good showcase. So next we move to the Super Secret 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 Show from WSU, which nobody knew about. Well, well, if you had uh, followed uh, WSU on their Facebook and Twitter, they had mentioned about this show, and they were selling tickets through their social media. Oh, only there. There was no like, nothing on their official website or anything. Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, apparently, for this show, Drew Gulak was on ring announcing duty. 
Damn it, we need this. We need this on DVD or something. Uh, opening match saw Addy Starr and Zandra Bale beat Jody DeMilo and Caitlin Diamond. No, not that Caitlin. And yes, what is this thing about wrestlers and having their passwords and it being trending on Twitter? That's a bunch of rubbish. Peep, oh. Anyway. Star on Bale 1 after Star hit a sliding D on uh, Jody. Sassy Steffi beat Cherry Lane. Ezevel Suena beat Jesse K via uh, Armbreaker Submission. Jules Malone beat Nyla Rose with an acid drop. In very interesting match, Santana Garrett beat Taylor Hendricks via Shining Star Press. And then after that, Christina Von Erie beat Santana. Not to be confused with Santana Garrett. Two different people. Okay. <laughs> I think. No, that's the same person. Okay, so why why are they labeled differently in this write-up? Come on, people. There's only one Santana in women's wrestling. It's not like Kimberly, where you know there's two Kimberleys, and but they're just yeah. spelled differently. I th- I I've, I wasn't sure because I thought there was another Santana. No, you and I. No, I'm not talking about Tito. <laughs> Damn it, or Carlos. <laughs> Oh. Come on, man. Even uh, I knew this. Anyway, the, the main event saw uh, Vader Scott, Jenny Rose, and Jesse Brooks beat Athena, Barbie Hayden, and Claudia Del Solis after Jenny Rose gave a DDT to uh, apparently bloodied up uh, Claudia Del Solis. Hmm. Um, and then... Uh, the message coming through from WSU from that that uh, Athena was injured. Of course, I've already given you the details on that. So next up, the Uncensored Rumble. Which obviously needed a bit of working around. Or by the looks of it, they just dropped a match. Um, it started off with Jenny Rose accompanied by Vader Scott along with... Uh, Oh no, Jenny Rose accompanied by Vader Scott, Jesse Brooks, and Sammy Giodolino. I thought it was Giodolino, so I misread it. Beat Christina Von Eri after hooking the tights for lever- well, leverage, leverage. Depends how you pronounce it. Let's call the whole thing off. Um, it's an interesting, interesting result there, definitely. Then next. Coming from that, we actually saw, as I called, the chicks using nasty tactics of uh, the team of Kimberly and Annie Social beat Vader Scott and Jesse Brooks for a double slam on Vader to become the number one contenders to the WSU tag titles, even though they were already, technically. Uh, Now, this is an interesting one. Next up was the Loser Leaves WSU match. Which, at first, it was kind of a... It was somebody gets a spot on the roster. And then it got flipped into whoever wins isn't going to be seen again in WSU. 
Now, it's interesting that Yana won and beat Nia, but only by DQ, because Nia refused to listen to the ref's five count after, uh, was it putting on this? I'm trying to think. I don't know if a, did you catch this yet, Sandro? No, I haven't gotten the time. But anyway, she refused to listen to the ref's count, so, uh, Yana won by DQ, and afterwards Nia attacked the referees and security until they had to cart her away. That's a bit... Wow. Um, Bobby Hayden then uh, beat Jules Malone with a spike DDT. Then one par for the tag champion, Sassy Steffi. Defeated Santana with a kiss my sass, and afterwards... Uh, called out uh, the WSU champion and the Midwest Militia stablemate Jessica Havoc for not being there due to travel issues, saying that it was BS. Well, why isn't your tag team partner there, Sassy <laughs> Steffi? Well, she has a reason. So. Yeah, she has travel issues, but legit travel issues because she's in Japan. But you know, it's the same thing. Yeah, but she wasn't booked for the show, so can't really call her out on that. I don't know. I tell you, I tell you what was BS. TNA? No, that's too <laughs> easy. Um, I don't know why I'm saying that because I, I don't even know who's getting fired, or even if they're doing that now, considering they're probably gonna. Lose God knows how many people because they can't wrestle. Um, next, we had the Scars and Stripes team of Addy Starr and Matt Tremont defeating Chris Dickinson and his mystery partner, Portugal's perfect athlete, Shana. Uh, Star got the win by pinning Dickinson with the sliding D. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So Addy Star getting her revenge. Yes. And for those that don't know, this will be her, I guess, uh, farewell for now in the States. Well, in North America, period, because she's actually going to England for about a year. Oh, blimey. And there's a chance that she might be wrestling not only in the UK, but uh, Europe as much as she can. Yeah, she I, she could be very popular on the continent, definitely, in Germany and Netherlands and the places like that where there's a strong wrestling fan base, definitely. Yeah, and apparently she does have a following in Europe, so that's good for her. Penultimate match saw Lexus beat Nevaeh with a roll-up to become the number one contender of the WSU World Title. I don't know whether that now means that Lexus will face Jessica Havoc at the next show because probably it's likelihood that uh, Athena won't be able to. And yeah, finally the. 28-woman uncensored rumble. 
which actually saw, um, just looking through the list, uh, Shana and Taylor Hendricks actually were out one and two. Uh, Addy Starr was in it. Chris Dickinson was in there at number 14. <laughs> <laughs> number 13 was Addy Starr, so I don't know what happened there. I'm guessing Dickinson probably eliminated Addy. This is the final, you know, nail in the coffin kind of thing. Um, Lexus was in it, which meant that she wrestled one match and then wrestled again, pretty much. Also, Nevaeh was in it, so she had back-to-back matches of sorts. But uh, the final two were Kimberly at number 17 and your eventual winner from number 20, Ezevel Suena. Mm-hmm. So Ezevel is your uncensored rumble championne. Or campione, or... One thing, that, <laughs> uh, one thing I should point out, and I completely forgot about this, and I didn't think about it until now. Uh, why wasn't there like the secondary champion book for the show, uh, Marty Bell? I I'm pretty sure she's the spirit champion. I think that's what it's called. I'm just wondering. <laughs> does, that, does that belt exist anymore? I don't know. That's their secondary champion. I mean, <laughs> not booked in the show. What happened? <laughs> This is this is in, please don't tell me she's injured as well. <laughs> right. That seems a bit odd. Yeah, I'll give you that. Anyway, moving on to Saturday evening and the second part of the double header, and that was CCW's Tangled Web. Um, which again started with. Uh, <laughs> The crowd being absolutely pissed. More people missing here. Um, Bentley came out and opened the show by saying Scotty Vortex won't be able to make it as he's with a family member in uh, a hospital. Drew Blood apparently interrupted and said he called bullshit on it. Out came Havoc and Lucky 13. But before that happened... Rory Mondo attacked them. And then Ron Mathis joined in on the phone and Devon Moore with a barbed wire bat. So then the uh, Tangle Web Moon event becomes a six-man match with the Nation of Intoxication taking on Blood, Mondo and Mathis. Anyway, we start with uh, JT Dunn versus David Starr. Which uh, David Starr won with a uh, pretty massive roaring elbow. Uh, actually, it was an Olympic slam. Then he kind of did a tuning up the band style thing and then did the elbow. Which is interesting. Next, the uh, six man tag match. Um, with it's- Matt. Go ahead. No, I'm just wondering, uh, wasn't it supposed to be an eight-man? I'm trying to... Yeah, well, <clears throat> it became a six because I think some of the people from the eight got transferred into Tangled Web. I'm trying to remember. Huh. 
Um, I, can't, I can't remember who was, in, was supposed to be in it originally. Anyway, it was Matramont, Shane Stuckland, and Greg Exelon taking on Joe Gacy, Alex Colon, and Biff Busey. Yeah, because you took out one, you took out Havoc from the Nation of Intoxication for the heel side, and I think it was Mathis that was on Team Excellent, or Mo- no, it was Mondo, wasn't it? Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you, you substituted the two out from there <clears throat> to make it work there. So anyway, Tremont Strickland next on took on Gacy, Colon and Busick. <clears throat> uh, apparently, the finish got massively screwed up, but uh, in the end, Biff Busick got the pinfall for his team on on. Uh, Greg, excellent. Then DJ Hyde and Nevaeh are in the ring, and Hyde has a promo reminding everyone how uh, the oink shoved a keg in his face last month in order, in in honor, sorry, of uh, Jake's birthday, and reminds that the Chris brothers are suspended because of the incident. Then rips into the fans, and then introduces Shana. And obviously the the whole idea is DJ Hyde was going to choose Nevaeh's opponent. Nevaeh got a win with a released German suplex. DJ was apparently at ringside and says that he didn't pick Shana and that Nevaeh accepted the match when he introduced her. And then DJ Hyde attacked Nevaeh. So that was probably a switcheroo from him. More than likely. Caleb Connolly versus Shane Hollister. Uh, saw uh, Connolly win with a roll-up. Which, I'm trying to think. Yeah, Hollister, was it, did Hollister face him last month? Uh, both of them were involved in that uh, multi-man match. To- oh, yeah, yeah, the ladder, was it the ladder match? No. It was the sixth man. Yeah, the sixth way match. Shenanigans and all that. Um, then we have the New Heights tag team rematches. Four Loco took on the Beaver Boys. Pretty much went as I called it again, and uh, the team of uh, Four Loco got the win this time. So probably going to see the final confrontation between them. Next. We had AR Fox defending the CGW Wire Championship against Andrew Everett. Uh, and with a low main pain out of pretty much nowhere, AR Fox retains his belt. Oh, well. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the only... Spoilers, that's the only match AR Fox I think won the entire weekend. It was the one with the belt, so I guess that's on the mass. Next up, the World Tag Team Championship match as Blackout take on the Assyrian Portal. Uh, from what it, from what I've heard, it was an interesting match, but uh, then at the end, with the portal getting ready to probably do some hypnosis or do something... 
Black G's kicks the ref right in the balls. And Blackout gets disqualified. Assyrian Portal win the match, but obviously don't get the belts. And this pissed off the fans quite a bit. But not really quite a bit, quite a lot. Next up, uh, Masada's defense of the CCW World Title against Drew Gulak. Um, we have a new champion. Woo! Drew Gulak is your CCW World Champion now. What most people have said is this would have been better had it been a full health Masada. Yeah, of course. Is basically. With the the whole I, with the whole nature of Masada and his injury, you couldn't do half the stuff you probably could have done, which kind of hurt the quality of the match. And then, then we had the intermission because they had to set up all the uh, barbed wire contraptions and everything. It was uh, the now six-man tangled web match as the Nation of Intoxication take on Blood. Drew Blood, sorry. Ron Mathis and Roy Mondo. Pretty uh, hardcore match, as you'd expect, because it's tangled web. But uh, it finishes with Devon Moore hitting a shooting star off a scaffold onto a board that's on top of Mathis. It's probably a barbed wire board. I don't know. But the Nation of Intoxication win. Then uh, Havoc cuts a promo saying that Mondo and Mathis earned a lot of respect. Havoc extended his hands to Mondo. Mondo slapped him in the face. So therefore Havoc ch- uh, challenged Mondo to something ultra-violent next month at their... I think it's the Deja Vu show, isn't it? Yes, it is. It, and it's going to take place in Dayton, Ohio, in the Midwest. In uh, early September, isn't it? Yeah, it's in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Don't worry, we'll be telling you everything about it, people. Probably. And then, finally... <clears throat> finally... PWG 10. Woo! Which uh, eventually got a proper title. Which was Protect Your Neck. I don't know whether that was done in tribute to BJ. More than likely it was. Yeah. But, uh... Interesting opening. We had, uh... The team of Willie Mac... B-Boy and Candice LeRae defeat Jerry Ryan, Peter Avalon and Ryan Taylor after uh, Willie Mack got a chocolate thunder driver on Peter Avalon. Uh, So next we got... Oh, it's worth mentioning that in this match Scott last apparently interfered by Ace crushing Ryan Taylor on the apron. Like a blast for the past of uh, PWG's alum. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, opening 
open, well, opening match of ones that were scheduled on the card. Because <laughs> that, that six, uh, that six person tag, uh, kind of, um, got added at the last minute because it wasn't on the original card. Uh, Brian Cage beat Tony Nice with the Weapon X. Then the Forever Hooligans beat the Rockmas Monsters via a springboard knee while Yuma was in the torture rack. AKA the Contract Killer. Uh, apparently there was no Russian national anthem in this Ooh. one. And then, uh, Rocky Romero said the Hooligans would be back forever. Something tells me Rocky Romero has been watching too much of Botchamania. Terry Funk. At least the last couple of ones. <laughs> or Terry Funk matches. <clears throat> um, next saw Michael Elgin beat AR Fox via the Elgin bomb from top rope. <laughs> then the team of Fist, Johnny Gagano and Chuck Taylor, beat Kendrick and London via an assisted ace crusher. On Kendrick. Kyle O'Reilly beats TJ Perkins via an arm bar. Mm-hmm. And then, interestingly, in your co-main event, the PWG world title was on the line. They did a little switcheroo. And even more surprising, Adam Cole retains the belt. I told you. On Drake Younger. In a match that also had uh, Kevin Steen as the third participant. So, Cole is still your PWG world champion. I told you. Apparently, champions in uh, PWG are getting like champions in CZW. They never lose the battle <laughs> until it's too late. Um, and then the main event was your... Triple Threat, PWG World Tag Title Ladder Match. And we saw another retention as the Young Bucks retained against the Dojo Bros and the Inner City Machine Guns. Although it is worth noting at the end, uh, the show did end with possibly some Lionel Richie. Uh, Roderick Strong puts over PWG. And Excalibur also does a speech putting over PWG because obviously, being a tenth anniversary, you're going to see some significant goings on. Although it is worth noting, apparently, that there was some some fan that was at that got so drunk at the show. You're not allowed to take your own alcohol, but he got so drunk from the bar at the show that he got thrown out. And kind of, kind of made slash ruined the tag match. Ugh. Which is always brilliant. Or not. Um, yeah. Some guy got kicked out for being too drunk. First time I've seen that at a PWG show. That is true. Very and, rarely see. And of course. The preview for this show is up on not only PWG's YouTube page, but it's also up on our on our Facebook page, which you can't check out. And 
Just like their past shows, this one does not disappoint. There's also quite a lot of vines, I will say that. <laughs> There's a lot of vines of the show that are up. If you just search like the hashtag of PWG, hashtag 10, you'll find them. There's some pretty damn crazy spots, though, in those six seconds on the Who's multiple doing- ones. Who's doing the worm? I'm looking at one of these Vine videos and somebody's doing the worm, but I can't take, I can't make out who it is. I'm trying to. The, fi... the thing is, I'm trying to. Uh... Which one is it? It's the second to last Vine. Um, trying to have a look. Possibly Eddie Edwards. But, yeah, it kind of looks like him. Considering the trunks design, it looks the Edwards-esque. Hopefully that will make it on the DVD version. Yeah, hopefully the camera's actually got it. Yeah. And one turned off at that point. It could have been very easily. Anyway, uh, that's all the results and the news for this week. When we come back... We're going to have uh, a rundown of the final few days and the final night of New Japan's G1 Climax 23. And something interesting that I spotted as well in the stuff I did see from the final show, which kind of has me on tenterhooks as to what the hell is going to happen in a few months' time. But anyway, uh, more on that after the break, so here's some commercials. We'll see you in a few minutes. Life sucks, and then you die! SNS Unplugged has returned to the airwaves. You can check out the Bronx Father, Tony J. Mirabella, and of course, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, as they discuss the happenings from Monday Night Raw, NXT, the latest news of the week, sponsored by our good friends over at Wrestling-Online.com. And then things get a little interesting as the topics could change from week to week, including topics such as the supernatural, conspiracy theories. Basically, whatever the hell these guys want to talk about, they're going to cover it every Tuesday night right here on the SNS Radio Network. SNS Unplugged is back, baby. Uncensored. Unbelievable. Unplugged. I'm 
Hey guys, JJ Sexay here. Are you looking for the latest news in both professional wrestling and mixed martial arts? Well, check out www.wrestling-online.com. Sign up for one of the longest-running newsletters in professional wrestling over 16 years. And just like Wrestling News Live, it's absolutely free. Join over 27,000 other subscribers, wrestling-online.com. You will learn to pronounce my name properly. Wrestling dash online dot com. Let's go to our ring announcer. Wrestling fans, your ring announcer here, Sean Beckerman, and I'm proud to present to you the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the IWC by storm beyond the bell. On each edition, we cover a different theme, taking you back in time to relive the greatest and worst in professional wrestling. We go behind the mic, where you will get backstage stories from the perspective of a pro wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Find out what it was like to announce some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling history and the funny stories behind the scenes. And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. And I'll see you at the matches. It's go time. Every Thursday, the SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I want, okay, I want, I caught SmackDown again. I caught, she, I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlockSandlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independency. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog Jesse James. Present. What's going on, this is Kazarian. And this is the Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey guys, it's Dream of Fatigue. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes right here on the SNS Radio Network. here for the middle segment of this week's whole indie show with Ashley and Sandro and it's uh, over to New Japan for the culmination and all that of New Japan's G1 Climax 23 and I think we'll start off by uh, going over the news that happened from it and that is, I think it was was it after show six or was it after show seven that both guys got eliminated? This was day 
After day five, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, after day five, so... Uh, no, I'm trying to think. We might have reported on it last week. But, uh... Basically, they announced... They announced it on August the 8th, so that would have been pretty much as we were recording. So, but, uh... Last week. But, uh, they announced that... That, uh, Hiroki Goto from Group A had suffered a jaw injury and Hiroyoshi Tenzan had suffered a rib injury in Group B and therefore had to be immediately pulled from the tournament. So the matches that they were set to have were all automatically forfeited. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a shame to see that uh, and therefore it meant that some of the talents didn't actually wrestle uh, those nights for the shows. So, uh, just having a look through, Goto's matches were uh, matches were against Tomohiro Ishii, uh, Katsuyori Shibata, and Davy Boy Smith. And Tenzan's matches were against Kota Ibushi. Uh, Yuji Nagata and Shinsuke Nakamura. But uh, I guess that's the breaks and all that, and what they say about that. So, uh, Sandra, do you want to run over the. I'm trying to think it'd be day seven, eight, yeah. and nine. Yeah, I have all the shows. Uh, I guess the only upside uh, from that news is. The opponents that they were supposed to face, they got, you know, extra days off. So, that's somewhat yeah. of an upside for them. But, um, the tournament continued uh, with the next show uh, taking place in Yokohama, Japan. Uh, a bonus match that was added as due to the last minute uh, was a tag match of the Chaos team of Takeshi Izuka and Yoshihashi defeating the team of Tomoaki Hana and Captain New Japan. Uh, the tournament started with uh, Yujiro Takahashi defeating Kota Ibushi. Uh, next match, we saw Carl Anderson defeating Yuji Nagata. Next match, saw Katsuyori Shibata defeating Prince Devitt, which I have to say was a very entertaining match because uh, when Prince Devitt came out, he came out wearing boxing gloves. Because he knew of Shibata's uh, background in MMA. And of course the referee told him that he can't wear it because this isn't a boxing match. But then Devitt said, no, I'm going to knock him out. <laughs> then of course the ref took, took off the, the boxing gloves. And uh, Prince Devitt pretty much took an ass whooping by Shibata. <laughs> with the match ending with Shibata hitting the go to sleep on Prince Devitt. Uh, who's stealing who now? <laughs> well, it's not really what you think because uh, Shibata has a, a history with Kenta, the man that invented the, the Go to Sleep, and they were actually uh, tag partners in Noah back in 2006, if I'm not mistaken. So that was somewhat of a tribute to Kenta. Anyways, 
Uh, next match, it was uh, the current world champion, Kazuchika Okada, defeating Tomohiro Ishii. Next match, we saw Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Lance Archer. Next match, we had Toru Yano defeating Tetsuya Naito. Very surprising win. Next match, we had uh, stablemates of the Suzuki Gun stable of Minoru Suzuki defeating Shelton Benjamin, in, which was a pretty good match, I would say that. And the main event, uh, Toge Makabe defeating Satoshi Gojima in a r- really good match, I'll have to say that. Uh, next show took place in Sumo Hall as we're getting real close to the finals. Uh, first first match was uh, another bonus match, a tag team match. As once again, the chaos team of Takeshi Izuka and Yoshihashi defeating the team of Captain New Japan and Kushida. Next match, the tournament continues as Davy Boy Smith Jr. defeating Prince Devitt. Uh, Carl Anderson defeated Yujiro Takahashi. Lance Archer defeated Satoshi Kojima. Shelton Benjamin defeating Toru Yano in a very, uh, a lot of shenanigans as always by Yano, but uh, by both guys, I'll just say that. Very entertaining match, I'll have to say. Uh, next match, uh, Toge Makabe defeating Tomohiro Ishii. And a very, very good match, I have to say. Very interesting match. Uh, Minoru Suzuki defeating Kota Ibushi. Uh, next match, uh, Tetsuya Naito defeating Shinsuke Nakamura in another good match, I have to say. And in the main event, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi took on Kazuchika Okada, but the match went to a draw after the time limit expired in 30 minutes. It was a pretty good main event. Not as good as their previous matches, but it was just a, it was still a pretty good match. Uh, um, it's, it's despite worth the draw. mentioning now that um, that was the only match out of the entire tournament that went to the full 30 minute draw. Yes. Now, let me just go go over the scores at this point. Uh, for Block A, there was a three way tie for first place uh, Token Makabe, Katsuyori Shibata, and David Wisman Jr. Uh, we had a tie in second place with uh, Tanahashi and Okada. And then the, the last place in which it really wasn't going to matter. Uh, Hiroki Goto, De- uh, Prince Devitt, Lance Archer, Satoshi Kojima, and Tomohiro Ishii. For Block B, once again, a three-way tie for first place. We had Shinsuke Nakamura, Minoru Suzuki, and Carl Anderson all tied with 10 points. Uh Second place, uh, we had about a four-way tie. Uh, Yuji Nagata, Tetsuya Naito, Yujiro Takahashi, and Shelton Benjamin. And in that last place, we had uh, Tenzan, Toriyano, and Kotobushi. Now we move on to the finals as we uh, give our review. Uh, before we start off, um, Ashley, did you see the, the opening uh, video package of the show? Yeah, there was some interesting stuff in it. The the one that caught my eye was uh, the guy doing the hula hooping and the dancing. <laughs> what was that about? Oh, that was uh, Nagara, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, that was. I think that must have been from the way it was set. That must have been part of the press conference. Yeah, it's probably like an old clip, just like mm. the most something. Did you see the when they showed Carl uh, Anderson? Oh, with the gun. But did you see what he did uh, with a certain reporter? Oh yeah. <laughs> Why don't you tell the people what happened? Oh, I'm tr- kind of. Carl Anderson went Georgie Animal Steel. That's the closest I can go to it because basically he talked to the reporter and then just randomly started biting his forehead. <laughs> and the and reporter... Saying, yeah, yeah. That's what it's all about kind of thing. <laughs> and the reporter sold it Honestly, like a million Honestly, I was lost for quite a lot of it because obviously my handle of Japanese is none. Yeah, the the reporter he sold it like a million bucks. He, he pretty much was yelling like he he was being eaten, like if we were seeing yeah. like cannibalism or something. But <laughs> very hilarious, I would say. Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> Anyways, uh, first match we had, uh, of course, the finals of the G One climax. Uh, first match we had was Yujiro Takahashi to take on Yuji Nagata. Uh, <laughs> Worth Did you see this match? here before we even started. Okay. Takahashi's all night long gimmick. <laughs> With the two random bikini clad women. Well, I, have to I don't know there. what he was saying, but the crowd were like laughing at it, even though they were booing him at the same time. Well, let me just say something. Uh, the ladies that he's, he was accompanied with, uh, he prefers to call them as um, the sexy models. That's what he calls them. Okay. I just, I just love the interaction with them. He just laid back on the rock. I was like, yeah! I mean, I didn't know what it was. It was just, just the way he executed with the, the sexy models there it was just brilliant. Yeah, uh, basically his gimmick is he's somewhat like a pimp. Uh Except he doesn't like dress like a pimp, but that's pretty much what his gimmick is. Godfather without a hat. Yeah. And of course, you know his his theme music is uh, it's just great in my opinion with that uh, jazzy you know pimp music. Yeah. And then his opponent Yuji Nagata apparently came out to silence. Uh, well, I don't know about that. I mean, well, maybe that's because the, apparently the sound clip they were using was copyrighted, so they had to uh, oh. mute the pay-per-view. Yeah, it's Ustream. Uh, yeah, uh, for some reason, Yuji's uh, entrance theme is copyrighted, so it had to be cut off, which sucks. There was a couple of ones. I'm trying to, uh, there was a couple of other ones later on in the night. I think Akibono. Yeah, Akibono, Satoshi Kojima, and a few others. Yeah. But, anyways... Uh, did you see this match entirely? I didn't catch this one entirely, no. But okay. uh, it was a, it was actually a good, nice little opener. I'll give that from the bits that I did see some of the moves. Yeah. Um, I have to say, uh, Yujiro, you know, you know, he tried to go head to head with uh, Nagata, uh, but by the end, um, Nagata was busted open in his mouth. So. Yeah, you you know how they do Red Mist? You know, with Tajiri and all that? 
Yeah. <laughs> Nagata did Red Mist the hard way. <laughs> he was actually doing it with, like, blood. Yeah. And every time it happened, the commentator was like, <laughs> it, was, it was like some sort of, it was, it's, it's like the original, uh, Takeshi's Castle. As if you were watching the Japanese version with no American or English dubbing over it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Nagata was very surprised that he decided to retaliate by that. But, um, uh, basically, uh, the finish came with, uh, Nagata hitting the, uh, wrist, wrist clutch exploder, or what he calls it, the exploder of justice on Yujiro for the win. And yeah, it was a pretty good opening match. Um, overall, Yujiro, he had some, uh, pretty, uh, decent matches. He looked pretty strong, I have to say. But, um, definitely showing that Yujiro could be, uh, one of the future guys in the company if given the opportunity. Yeah, and even with the points and everything, it didn't mean anything. No. Because apparently, the, 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 what it is, there's actually an explanation for this I've got now. There is a direct confrontation rule. So if two people are in with a shot at being top of the group, uh, that match basically is the decider. So no matter what happens with the others, whoever wins that match will be the winner of the group kind of thing. Yeah. So at this point, uh, Nagata is in first place, literally in first place. Um, but of course, we had to wait till the other members of Block B had their matches. And we move on to the next match. As Minoru Suzuki took on Toru Yano. This was uh, a very entertaining match. I will say that right now. Did you see parts of the match or the entire match? Um, I only saw parts of this. <laughs> Mainly just the bits where he seemed to be plugging his DVD. <laughs> yes. That's, that's the whole purpose of that match. It wasn't wrestling. It was, here's my DVD, buy it, bitches. Yeah, Toriano has a, a DVD coming out uh, in a couple of weeks, probably next week if I'm not mistaken, and throughout the entire uh, tournament, he's been plugging his uh, DVD. Uh, funny thing was, um, I think before the match even started, he, no, actually during the match, um, Suzuki got the DVD, looked at it, and then threw it at the crowd. And then uh, somebody in the crowd, you know, caught it. But instead of taking the DVD, he actually gave it back to Toriano after the match. Wow. So I guess... Uh, and, he could shill, and he could shill it a bit more. <laughs> so I guess uh, Japanese people don't like free stuff, apparently. I don't know. But, that's why they... <laughs> I was going to say that's why they don't listen to our show, but... Uh... <laughs> But, uh, as I said, this was a very entertaining match. Uh, both guys heels, but uh, Toriano is definitely the, the comedy guy. Uh, doing, doing the usual uh, heelish tac- tactics as removing the padding from the turnbuckle, you know, to expose, you know, turnbuckles. So if you use it in a match, uh, you know, trying to hit low blows uh, to distract the referee and all that. But, uh, 
Suzuki, uh, he knew what uh, Yano was doing. And, you know, he saw, you know, those things coming ahead of time. And a lot of, and uh, Suzuki caught it. And, you know, Yano kept going for all these heel tactics, you know. But uh, anyways, uh, the finish came after several reverses from both guys. But Yano managed to uh, hit a schoolboy and then got the three count cleanly. And this came as a huge surprise, not only from Suzuki, but from the fans in attendance. Uh, because a lot of people expected Minoru to get the win. They really did not expect uh, Suzuki to lose to Toru Yano. So this was a big surprise. And because of this, uh, Suzuki is out of the finals because he was one of the heavy favorites for this tournament. But uh, now losing the match, he's now out of the finals. He's Very up, surprising. Up. <sighs> yeah. Uh, next match, a uh, very interesting match. Uh, Shelton Benjamin to take on Shinsuke Nakamura. This... This is one I didn't catch all of, but I saw m- more of than the other two, if that makes any sense. And this was a pretty good showcase of why Shelton Benjamin should go back to WWE. Because the, the stuff, the spots he was doing was brilliant. I mean, the the uh, crowd doing the like Mexican wave style for... Nakamura's trio of uh, running knee strikes to, the, at the t- to uh, Shelton laid on the turnbuckle was pr- a pretty nice bit. And then the finish, you know, Shel- Shelton Benjamin is Randy Orton, people. <laughs> Out of nowhere, paid her. It's like, that, just the way it was like, oh, wait, he's out. Because he just, he just got kicked after putting him in the ankle lock and then Oh no, paid the pinfall. Damn, where did that come from? Um, early on, um, before actually during the match, in the first like few seconds, uh, you know Nakamura was posing for the crowd, but before he even before he was doing the pose, uh, Shelton Benjamin uh, attacked him and was mocking Nakamura doing his own pose as the crowd uh, kind of popped for it. <laughs> This was a pretty good match, I have to say that. And um, yeah, as the, as Ashley said, basically the finish happened as uh, Nakamura was going for the Bubaye, which is basically a running knee. But he was doing this off the second turnbuckle. As he jumped off the turnbuckle, Shelton Benjamin, out of nowhere, hits a pay there in midair and beats Nakamura. Uh, this was a, a good match again. Uh, Nakamura was another guy uh, for a favorite to be in the finals, but you know him losing this puts Nakamura out of the finals. So at this point, still currently, Nagata is still in uh, first place for Block B. But then, for like, well. Nagata was all butt out. Because, basically, the final match of Block B was Tetsuya Naito versus Carl Anderson. If Anderson won, he'd have been on 12. If Naito won, he'd have been on 10. 
and would have got through on the um, direct confrontation uh, rule. If it had been a draw, Nagata would have gone... No, Nagata would have lost anyway because uh, Anderson would have had 11. So it, it pretty much was, this match was whoever wins or draws goes, goes through, pretty much. Now, and, uh, just going to say real quick, did you see this match? Mm, yes, this was one that I did catch in full because... Uh, I got word of who was in the final, and I just wanted to see what they were, what you know, how they performed in their matches before the final. And I must say, this was a very good technical showcase, and it's the first time I've really seen Naito properly in action because obviously Anderson's had some stuff uh, with Ring of Honor when he's had some matches there, but. Uh, I was impressed by this match, definitely, and I'm pleased to see Naito get the push, because hasn't Naito been kind of running on this wave of crowd, the crowd being massively over for him for this tournament? Yes, uh, I'll get into more details later after we review the entire show, but uh, yeah, this was another good technical match, another really good match. Um the way that he won the match was very surprising because Naito is not very well known to be a, a submission submission guy. He's more known for his high-flying abilities, most notably for his finisher, which is basically uh, a corkscrew moonsault, which is a uh, Sardis Press, as he calls it. Uh, excuse me. Uh, basically, the match ended. Uh, Naito locked on a variation of the Koji Clutch on Carl Anderson, and he had it on pretty tightly, and Anderson basically tapped out. And a lot of people in the audience were very surprised because this is a new move that Naito basically debuted on this night. And they were very surprised, and they were very happy with the result. And some, people are saying it's the, some people are saying it's the Brahma Blanca, whatever you want to call it. Looking, looking at the notes that I've got here with the stuff that uh, I'm looking at the results from, apparently it's the only the second time in the entire tournament that there's been a submission victory. Mm-hmm. And it also makes note that New Japan was very reliant on submission wins in the past, but moved away from that quite a bit over the last few years. And of course, with this win, uh, Tetsuya Naito is automatically in the finals uh, of the G1 for Block B, which was mentioned uh, after the match by the ring announcer, and the crowd just popped huge for that announcement. Now, we move on to the next match. Uh, Tag team partners collide as Lance Archer took on Davey Boy Smith Jr. Oh my word, this was... If you want to see how a tag team partner face-off match should go, I think this was a masterclass. Because, but I mean the that the finish that Archer did to get the win, the blackout, 
that was for somebody the size of Smith. It's pretty incredible that he kept him up for as long as he did. Yeah, this was a a pretty good match. Uh, the only bad thing about it, from what I've heard from people that were in attendance during this match, uh, apparently a lot of people, uh, let's just say they took a bathroom break during this match. So, you know, it, it kind of it kind of sucks to hear that not many people in attendance didn't see this match and. You know, decided to use the bathroom or go to the merch stand instead of watching this match. But uh, I thought this match was was good. Uh, really good to see that uh, both guys uh, they didn't held back on anything. You know, they they both went at each other as if they were enemies, and I like the way that how that was booked. And as I actually said, uh, Lance Archer got the win by hitting his finisher. Uh, on David Boy Smith Jr., which, yeah, it's pretty tough to get a guy the size of Davy Boy to hold him up as, as long as Archer did. You know, that was just pretty good. And, uh, of course, after the match, uh, they both hugged, and, you know, Davy Boy congratulated uh, Lance Archer. Now, because of this, Lance Archer only gains eight points and is not really qualified to make it uh, to the final, so he is automatically out. Uh, the G1 Finals. Next match we had Prince Devitt taking on Toge Makabe. Which... <laughs> I mean, Devitt just played this like a pro. Sorry, not a pro. Like an internet troll. He, every time he could, he made fun out of uh, Makabe because his nickname is King Kong, isn't it, or something like that? Yeah, his some of his signature moves is called after King Kong. Yeah, I think he got. Oh, I'm trying to think. Was it he got him in a stretch hold, didn't he? Submission. Yeah, the abdominal stretch. Yeah, the abdominal stretch, and then like did like the monkey thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why are you doing that? But I don't. <laughs> I just like the description here, basically saying that the booking here must have been done by Vince Russo because apparently uh, Bad Luck Fale was in his corner and interfered no less than three times in the match. Apparently the referee got speared as well. Well, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, Of course, the bookers... uh, Gato is very, he likes the American style of wrestling. And the thing is, uh, Prince Devitt, all of his matches, there were a lot of interference and there were a lot of ref ref bumps throughout the entire tournament. So what you saw is what you saw throughout the entire tournament. So it's really nothing new. Uh, yeah, Prince Devitt. What is basically the the white body of Sheamus meets the wrestling skill of Davy Richards. <laughs> um, when Devitt came out, uh, of course he was mocking uh, Toge as you know as a gorilla, and he came out with a monkey mask, and uh, he wore it uh, about the uh, probably about the first minute, you know, mocking Makabe. 
uh, you know, him being a gorilla and whatnot. And, of course, this just infuriated Makabe. Uh, this was a good match. Uh, my only problem was uh, the interference. Uh, now, granted, I did say that, you know, all the Prince Devitt's matches in the G1, they all had interference. But this one had just too much interference. Uh, you know, Bad Luck probably got in the match three times, which is a bit too much, in my opinion. But um, basically, the finish came uh, when Prince David hit the Bloody Sunday on Makabe for the win. And aside from, you know, Foley getting interfering three times and the, and seeing two ref bumps, which is a bit <laughs> too much. But uh, because of this... Um, Prince Devitt uh, is currently on top at this point for Block A. Yeah. Now we move on into the next match as Kazuchika Okada took on Satoshi Kojima. And, well, (laughs) this, I wanted to see this one as well and did catch pretty much most of it. Uh, because Akad is obviously defending G1 Climax champion, and this was one hell of a match. And the amazing thing is, Akad didn't win it. Kojima stole what probably is considered an upset. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, this was a really good match, a good back and forth match between both men. Excuse me. Basically, the finish came with. Uh, Okada was going for the Raymaker, but uh, Koji uh, saw the soy coming and hit a, his lariat. And this took out um, Okada, and he got the pin cleanly. And a lot of people in the audience were very surprised at this result. Nobody really expected uh, Kojima to beat the current champion. Now, because of this, uh, Kojima has eight points, but does not qualify for the final, so he is automatically out. Uh, at this point, uh, Prince Devitt is still in the lead, still qualified for the final. The key thing is, though, Kojima's victory meant Okada didn't um, go on either. No. Next match. So, one, yeah, once again, it resolved down to the last match of the block being the decider because you had uh, Katsuyori Chibata on 10 and Hiroshi uh, Tanahashi on 9. So if it was a draw, Shibata would have gone through. If it was uh, a win for Shibata, he'd have gone through. And if Tanahashi won, he'd have gone through. Mm-hmm. So uh, Prince Devitt was all was already out. It was a, really a case of winner takes all with this one, and a nice I will a nice showing definitely from uh, both guys here as well, considering what was on the line. Um, impressed by Tanahashi, which isn't a huge surprise because. Uh, he won it, I think, a few years before. Uh, yes, uh, Tanahashi has won it, uh, I believe, twice. I know he's won one of the G1s before, but I think he won it twice, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, um, have a quick look, see if I can get the uh, the numbers up. Um, Tanahashi won in 2007. I think that's it. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, anyways, um, this was a, a match that I was looking forward to personally uh, because you have two of the guys who back then was considered to be the future of New Japan. And of course, we all know what Shibata did, you know, left pro wrestling to pursue a career in MMA. Now these came back, and I was very looking forward to seeing this match, and this match did not disappoint. This is a really great match, a good back-and-forth match. But uh, basically what happened, the finish came when Shibata was going for the go-to-sleep, but then... Um, Tanahashi managed to counter it into a small package in midair and actually got the three count for the win, winning the match. And of course, because of this, Tanahashi uh, moves on to the finals with 11 points and meets Tetsuya Naito in the finals. I know a lot of people that I've talked to, they were very surprised to hear when Tanahashi won the match. A lot of people expected Shibata to be at least one of the guys to go to the finals. He was definitely a heavy favorite, but, uh, you know, booking things happens, and, uh, you know, they decided to go with Tanahashi to go in the finals. Mm. So, yeah, interesting final match was certainly set there, and then uh, some craziness ensued. Well, relative craziness. I don't know how crazy you can get with uh, the guys in this match. But what was originally a a normal tag match became a six-man tag match. As uh, it was originally going to be Kazushi Sakuraba and Akibono taking on Takeshi Izuka and Yoshihashi. But uh, Akibono's team got... uh, Kota Ibushi on their side as he basically didn't have a match that night due to the uh, injury to Tenzan in Block B and Tomohiro Ishii joined uh, Yoshihashi's team after Ishii uh, didn't have his match due to uh, Goto's injury in Block A. Mm-hmm. This one I didn't catch, but I just remember that about half of them had muted entrances. Well, again, you know, copyright music, so... Yeah, exactly. Um, Did you see the beginnings of the match when it started? No. No, okay. Well, uh, uh, basically what happened when the Chaos team came out, uh, Izuka went after the main commentator of New Japan and does what he always does, you know, goes after him, rips his shirt, you know, trying to beat the crap out of him. Uh, but then, um, I guess Izuka had, uh, I guess, spray paint and sprayed the paint all over the guy's face, like literally all over his face, which was like silver paint. And you just couldn't help but feel bad for the guy, <laughs> you know, because uh, the commentator, you know, he's not a wrestler. And he can't really defend himself, so you know, you know, he does this, and then uh, you know, the babyface team, you know, come to help out, and you know, the match officially starts. 
Uh, this was a, a good match. Uh, nothing really special out of it. Although, I think the only interesting thing that came out of this match was the interactions between Ibushi and Tomohiro Ishii because those two, uh, they went strong style. They were working uh, stiff uh, during the match. But uh, basically, uh, the finish came when uh, Sakuraba was just punching the hell out of Yoshihashi with some combination and then um, locked in the uh, Kimura lock uh, for the tap out, for the submission win. So Sakuraba's team wins the match. And then after the match, uh, Ibushi and Ishii, they had to stare down again and, you know, start to shove each other after the match. Which it seems that we might have some sort of program between the two. Uh, it's possible we'll probably have it in New Japan or in DDT. But that's an interesting matchup that they'll have in the future. Indeed. So, finally, after I'm trying to think, um, you'd have had six nights of ten, three nights of nine. It's 27, 97. So after 106 matches, I think, not counting the forfeited ones, we come down to the final match of the entire run of shows from New Japan. Tanahashi versus Naito, and rightfully so, this match did go on for nearly half an hour. I don't know whether... Uh, is, I'm guessing there's no time limit on the final. No. <laughs> if there was, it's like 30 minutes, right? That's it. We're calling it a draw. <laughs> Fans will be absolutely livid. But uh, this was this was one hell of a damn good match. I know from what you said and what I've seen from other people, there were probably str- a lot s- stronger matches. Um, over the other shows, but I think it 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 shows that um, it's kind of the experience of Tanahashi against I shouldn't say the youth, but the relative inexperience of Naita. But mm-hmm. uh, the whole the whole rise that happened and. Uh, the finish that he got with the um, the press was a pretty impressive victory. I just, I just love the fact the commentators after he won were like, Naito, Naito. Just, that's the that's the Japanese equivalent of Stone Cold, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this was a really good match. A great way to, to end the tournament. Uh, some really good storytelling with uh, Tanahashi basically uh, working on the right knee of Naito throughout the entire match. And, of course, with Naito trying to, you know, trying to keep up with the match despite uh, his right knee being damaged throughout the match. But um, a really good back-and-forth match. Definitely one of the matches that you should check out. Uh, basically, the finish came when uh, Naito hit his uh, Stardust Press on Tanahashi for the win. And, of course, 
Naito winning the 23rd annual G1 Climax. And of course, got a big celebration. Uh, a lot of people in the crowd were very surprised at the result because they, I guess they couldn't see someone like Naito uh, defeating the former champion in Tadahashi. But uh, a lot of people were very surprised. Me personally, originally, I picked Naito to win because before he got hurt, he was scheduled to headline uh, the Wrestle Kingdom show back in January. With sports yeah. the champion, uh, I guess at that point would have been Okada, but he got injured, so that they had to change some booking plans. And I know a lot of fans here in North America were very pissed when they heard that Naito won because a lot of the people wanted uh, either Shibata or Nakamura to win the tournament. But of course that didn't happen. Uh, you know, it's just a typical, I guess, IWC response, you know, to like WWE or, or TNA to, to the extent. But uh, I'm not really upset with the decision, although I probably would have preferred if Naito fought, let's say, Shibata, just to see how that match would have went. But um, I could have seen, you know, Shibata winning the tournament as well, because that would have been very interesting, and it would have been something new to see Shibata in the world title scene. But maybe there's a chance we'll see it before uh, next year's uh, Tokyo Dome show. There's a possibility, but we'll see what happens. And, of course, uh, two days later, uh, Naito held a press conference announcing that he will have an automatic title shot for the IWGP world title at next year's Tokyo Dome show, of course, for Wrestle Kingdom 8, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll see uh, who who will face uh, the champion, whoever that may be, uh, next year. Yeah, the big question is, do you have a rematch? Oh, no. I'm trying to think. Okada wasn't champion at Wrestle Kingdom, was he? A rematch for Naito and Tanashi? No. I was, um, I was thinking about oh. him. Yeah. Because Okada won and used his to cash in against the, the world champion. I'm guessing the best angle you could do for that would probably be have um, a heel win, more likely than not Bullet Club, and then have Naito go over them on the on the uh, January show. Mm. Um, I'm gonna give my grade for the show. Um, for the final show, I'll. Give it a A minus. Uh, uh, the only reason I, I say that is because uh, some results that I was very surprised, but I thought the matches themselves were, were good to great. Uh, there really wasn't any bad matches on this show. Uh, match of the night, I'll, I'll probably say uh, Shibata and Tanahashi. I thought that was a really good match. Uh, something that um, I was expecting. Uh, hopefully we'll see a rematch in the future if possible. Um, 
overall on the tournament itself, I did watch all all the shows, and uh, that was not an easy thing to do. That was kind of difficult to watch them all. Uh, there were a lot of great shows. Uh, as I said, check out day two, the second half of that show. Check out the Osaka show, which is I saw that show and very great show, I have to say, overall. Uh, the Yokohama show was something to watch as well. Check that one out. And of course, um, both Sumo Hall shows were are recommended as well. If you have time, check them out. Uh, of course, if you know, all the shows are already up on YouTube. So, you know, check them out if you have time. The one thing I did want to mention is I noticed one of the commercials in the interval section, mm. which seems to be teasing another G1 climax next month or September to October. No, except oh <laughs> uh, no, it, it said from like the end of September to October. No, what that All is... All I remember is they kept pushing it in 3D. <laughs> no, what what that is, is they're going to show the, the, the whole tournament again, but in movie theaters. Oh, and in 3D. Yes. With the 3D cameras and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh... I just wondered what that was. I thought, they're doing it again? <laughs> Except, <laughs> you know, this time, <laughs> Polly Ray... Devon are gonna just suddenly turn up. No, no, no. Although they, uh, their usual tag team tournament, uh, it used to be called the G1 Tag Tournament, but uh, last year they changed the name, so they just killed off the G1 name for the tag tournament. So maybe that's why you got confused. But I, uh, I just kept seeing G1 Climax and then 3D. It was not like no twenty. There was no number twenty-three for it, so <laughs> I w- it wasn't. I wasn't clear what it was. Uh, that, that was nothing. But uh, one thing I have to mention real quick: um, the surprising person that that surprised me personally and a lot of people that I know uh, was Tomohiro Ishii. That guy really stepped it up in this tournament. Uh, the most standout match that he had. Well, two matches. One was the match that he had with uh, Tanahashi in day two, and the match that he had with Shibata in Osaka. Those two matches are must-see. So definitely check those matches out. Okay. Yeah, um, I mean, from what I saw of the show, Grey Boys, I'll probably give the closing show, I think I'll agree with you, I'll say an A-. minus. And overall for the whole tournament, I'd say probably A to A minus. There's some standout matches. There's some, from what I can tell, some stupid stuff and some weird booking. So that's why it doesn't get absolute perfect. But uh, very strong overall, considering they pretty much had, trying to think, what was it, 10 shows over... Well, no, it would have been nine, wouldn't it? Nine shows over 11 nights. Mm-hmm. Somehow I don't think you'll see WC... Uh, you wouldn't, don't see WWE or TNA do anything like that ever. Well, 
sadly, TNA has, I guess, their equivalent, although they stretch it out for like two months. So. Yeah, but uh, they that those would t- those were to tape, weren't they? Yeah. These are live shows. Although I'm not gonna lie, um, it would be somewhat interesting to see WWE try to do their version of it, but uh, do it like just for their TV because they have enough TV to actually do it. No. Yeah. Well, I don't know because obviously superstars and NXT and everything are all either international or only on uh, only on the app or Hulu Plus or all those weird things. But yeah, um, overall, I think. A good showing from New Japan, which isn't a surprise because they seem to be uh, continuing their good form from uh, the last few years. So that's uh, our review and analysis of all that went down over uh, New Japan. And when we come back, um, previews of this weekend's events coming up. A whole load of shows. So many I can't. So many I can't remember. So many that we aren't even going to do picks this week. Damn it! I mean, (laughs) we would do picks, but it's basically the list of shows is so long; it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. It will take us about as long to get through. But anyway, yeah. Make sure you're here for the final part. So keep listening. And we'll be back after these messages with the final part of this week's whole indie show on the SNS Radio Network. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun.
Hey everybody, the Bronx Father here. If you can't get enough of wrestling talk, conspiracy talk, and outright craziness, then you need to listen to Unplugged with myself and Jeff Jackson every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Mountain. Check it out, or you might just miss moments like this. takes a seat at the table with us when we meet, but also we leave an unburied slight edge of the hatchet that we've carried over the years. And other gutless and heartless God-fearing men urge us to lay rest forever. Face it, neither one of us were ever any good at Stop it, Harmony. Stop it. Stop it. You're fucking me up. I'm trying to do this. Stop it. Go out of here. Go. Go. Leave the studio. Leave the studio. It's not my kids. It's my wife. Come on. All right. Let's try this again. Oh my God. And impersonating the warrior, take two. All right. Cool. They said, either one of us were any good at being bored or boring others. So coming prepared to kill one another makes an interesting backup plan. Should I lie on the lawn and get run over by the lawnmowers? <laughs> oh my god. Her laughing in the background sold it. I'm dead. I'm dead too. Anyway, oh did I tell you guys how much I love the Warriors? Uh, anyway, yeah, I think we can both agree that we're Warrior Mark, so if you don't like it, fuck you. What is up, my SNS peeps? I am the sensational sequel, Sean. And Ashley, too. Yes, it's still my name. I haven't changed it yet. We have this really cool show on the SNS Radio Network. It's called The Open Book. We cover wrestling. We also cover all the biggest gaming news and game reviews. Plus, we've got the latest from the world of film entertainment. This is The Open Book. Catch us every week right here at the SNS Radio Network. This week's whole indie show with Sandra and Ashley, and yeah, it's preview time because there's so many shows. So we'll start with uh, a show happening up in Ottawa, in uh, Canada. It's uh, fighting back free wrestling with cancer at the uh, Knights of Columbus Hall on 260 MacArthur Road. Apparently, uh, tickets are. Okay, there's general admission tickets for $20. 
But then there's also VIP uh, tickets priced at $25 and $30 respectively. The $25 in the silver level give you second or third row access. And the gold tickets give you front row access. And uh, with the VIP tickets you also get uh, a meet and greet with some of the talents. And it's worth noting, uh, well, the the entrance for VIPs opens at 6.30 and the general admission uh, doors are open at 7.30. Uh, the show starts at 8. 100% of all the ticket sales are going to the Canadian Cancer Society in memory of uh, Frank Morin. The event apparently is for all ages, and if you want to buy alcohol, you've got to have valid ID. Also, you Boy. might want to designate a driver, Kurt Angle. Um, <laughs> you never know, he might want to go. Oh, no, wait, he's in rehab. Apparently, Beef Wellington is going to be in action in this match, or in on this event, where it's not specified uh, in what capacity. But there's going to be a couple of matches as part of the Interspecies Wrestling Showcase with uh, the food fighters of Bastion Snow and Pasquale taking on uh, an unannounced team. To be determined. To, yeah, to be confirmed and all that. To be, TBC, TBD. TBA. What's TBB? <laughs> Um, and then the other match is for the title of who is the crazy person. I have to say that because it obviously originally was the king of crazy in uh, the sexual spider monkey Pinky Sanchez, but Addy Star managed to get that title off Pinky. I think it was on the last ISW-related match that happened I don't think it was in ISW. I think it was somewhere else. Like, I can't remember. But anyway, uh, Sanchez is getting his rematch against the current queen of crazy, Addy Star. Which yeah, might uh, be, considering... I, I know we're not giving picks, but considering Addy's supposed to be coming over to Europe, I've got a feeling Sanchez could be getting his uh, crazy title back. Yeah, I was going to mention, uh, this will be her, her farewell in North America. This will be her, her last match for now. So if she does take it with it, what's he going to be? The, the, the king of slightly crazy? I don't know. I don't know. Um, there's going to be a match as uh, Frankie the Mobster takes on uh, MVP. No, not that one. It's Michael Von Payton. <laughs> Yeah, it's a Canadian MVP. <laughs> yeah, the Canadian MVP. Uh, an international high flyer dream match as the C4 champion, Speedball Mike Bailey, will take on uh, M Dog 20 Matt Cross. Then we've got a fighting bag invitational tournament. Well, I know it's a tournament, or it looks to be a battle royal, to be honest. More likely. Uh, Feet in this match is uh, there's more than this, but the ones that are listed so far are Sexy Eddie, Dirty Bucks Belmar, Sebastian Suave, 
Vanessa Craven, Cecil Nix, Chaz Lovely, Superstar Shane Hawke, Jay Rukin, Angie Sky, Dino, Cheeky, what a name, uh, Matthew St. Jack, Jody DeMilo, and Gregory Iron. And then the main event, a pretty sweet tag team dream match, as the Super Smash Brothers of uh, Player Eno and Player Uno and Stupefied, aka Stu Grayson, take on Paul London and Brian Kendrick. Mm. Yes, uh, very interesting match, and uh, you know, definitely a for a special cause. If you're in the area, definitely check it out it's for a good cause. Yeah. Uh, I'll say it's this Friday, so probably if it gets posted up on that time, you're going to have to quickly rush out that morning to get tickets. Tickets are apparently available at the Vertigo Record Shop in uh, 193 Rideau Street in Ottawa. I'm guessing they're probably, if they've still got tickets available, you're probably able to get them on the door as well. Probably. Um. What are you saying, Sandra? No, I say probably. Yeah. Then we have uh, PWX. Except I don't think it's that PWX, is it? Yeah, the same one out of North Carolina. Uh, yeah. Right. So I get I get confused by because occasionally you have companies that have got relatively similar um, names. Yeah. But yeah, PWX have got a double header of shows this Friday and Saturday. Starting off, because I know they're PWX, but I've never ha- I've never heard them referred to as Premier Wrestling Experience. That's why I didn't get it. Um, but their Friday show comes from Tremont Music Hall, uh, 400 West Tremont Avenue, Charlotte, North Carolina. Whoa. Uh, on this card, some pretty interesting matches set up, definitely. Uh, you got Trevor Lee versus Shane Strickland. Uh, Los Bendejos taking on the worst-case scenario. Number one contenders tag team match. Rich Swan will be taking on Andrew Everett. <clears throat> A uh, women's tag match as Mia Yim and Amanda Rodriguez take on Eva Lee and Amber O'Neill. Hmm. Interesting combination there, definitely. Uh, a dream match as uh, Cedric Alexander will be taking on Johnny Gagano. Mm-hmm. And then the heavyweight championship will be on the line as Mr. Elite will be taking on the champion, Caleb Conley. Who I must say, Caleb, if you are listening, which is unlikely, but you did a great job on the... Uh, Five dollar wrestling promo with freight train. I'll give him that. Did a very good job with that. Um, now PWX are also going to be having a show on Saturday at the Cabarrus Cabarrus Arena and Event Center on forty five fifty Old Airport Road in Concord. Uh, I'm guessing that's still North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I would assume so. Uh, this one is apparently going to be a TV taping, though. 
as they are broadcast on, uh, I think, lo- local television in the area and on the on on the local CW channel. Mm-hmm. You know, is the I'm guessing there's local slash regional programming on the CW channel. I mean, I don't have the CW channel, so I don't know. Yeah, every channel but, here uh, in the states has something uh, local. Yeah. So on on this card, uh, you're going to be having Zane Riley taking on Shane Strickland, Corey Hollis taking on Rich Swan. The winner of the number one contenders match will be facing the tag team champions of uh, Man's Count Jake Manning and John Schuyler. Mia Yim will take on Eva Lee's one-on-one. And an interesting champion versus champion match, I'm guessing not for either of the belts. As whoever the champion is out of Conley and Elite, the uh, heavyweight champion, will take on the uh, PWX ITV champion, Chip Day. I'm guessing more matches will be added to that card. Uh, but obviously, because it's a TV taping, it probably pertains to what is going to be taped for television. So, I'll have to wait and see. Next up is an interesting one: uh, Chaos Pro Wrestling and Wrestling is Intense will be having a double header show at the Baymont Inn Ballroom at 203 East Front Street in Metropolis, Illinois. Mm -hmm. Tickets for each event are $10, but if you buy a combo ticket for both shows, it's only $16 for the two, so you save a little bit of money, which is always good. Uh, The Chaos Pro Show will open it. The doors will open at 4 with a bell time of 5. Um... That will see Alex Rudolph and Jake Parnell uh, in action. The American Muscle Dave Russell and Heath Hatton will face off against the team of the Magnum, Shane Smalls and Austin Rose. The Hooligans will take on Team IOU of uh, Nick Iggy and Kerry Awful. I'm guessing the Hooligans aren't forever hooligans. (laughs) No. Uh, And uh, Tie Blade will defend the Chaos Pro heavyweight title against Big Bull Bronson in the main event. The Wrestling is Intense show will then be uh, have the doors open at 7 for a 7.30 bell time featuring uh, the Daywalkers of uh, Castle and Cage taking on ACDC, that's uh, Eric Cannon and Darren Corbin. Green Ant will be facing Deviant. The Estonian Thunderfrog will be taking on Christian Rose. Heidi Lovelace will face Angela Lane. Dale Patricks will be up against Mr. Touchdown. And it will be Billy Rock taking on Chuck Taylor. All cheer. Chuck Taylor's wrestling. Way! <laughs> um, 
Now, another wrestling is show is happening this week. Uh, Sunday afternoon, there's going to be Wrestling is Heart coming from the Tippecanoe County Fairgrounds at 1010 Teal Road in Lafayette, Illinois. Doors open at 1.30 for a 2pm bell time. As ever with uh, the wrestling in shows, it's $10 general admission, $15 front row, and children 12 and under get general admission ticket through a paying adult. Now apparently on the show, we're going to have the first two rounds of the La Copa Idol. Which probably means... Certain certain talents on this card are going to be in two matches. So you're going to be seeing Holly Lovelace take on Trip Cassidy, uh, Matt Russo take on Christian Rose, Green Ant versus Mr. Touchdown, and Buck Boulder versus Joe Pittman. Uh, the four winners of those, I'm guessing, considering the way it's described, will be taking on each other in two semi-finals and then the winners of those semi-finals will probably go on to the next Wrestling Is Heart event. Which I don't know when that is. But uh, other matches on the card there's going to be the Estonian Thunderfrog versus Chuck Taylor. And then an interesting four-way tag team match. There's Chris Castle and Devis Bliss take on uh, the Daywalkers take on Billy Rock and Dale Patrick and also take on ACDC. So an interesting uh, combo of competitors there and that's a lot of C's. Uh, Next up uh, a quick mention to House of Glory. They're going to be having a show Sunday afternoon as well. Uh, Glory Brings Honor, it's called. On 1618 Weirfield Road on Ridgewood in Queens, New York. With the doors opening at 4 for a 5 pm start time. Um, I'm trying to fi- have, have we got a card for this one, Sandro? Or? I, I tried to look, and there is no uh, card confirmed, just the talent that has been set for the show. Yeah, we've got uh, Amazing Red, Kevin Steen, Michael Elgin, Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, Brian XL, Homicide, Ricky Reyes. Having a quick look at the poster. Uh, I think Chris Masters is on there as well. I don't think so. (laughs) I can't tell whether that's Chris Masters or not. I... Don't know who you're confusing him with, but uh, I know um, Anthony Nice is going to be on the show as well. Um, is he on the poster? Yes. Okay, that might be him. <laughs> it's just the way he's got his mouth open. It's kind of like every promo shot I've seen of uh, kind of uh, masters in when he was doing the when he's well, still doing the rounds as Chris Mordetsky and everything got in the indies <laughs> well anyways um, 
if you if you want uh, to buy a ticket, go to the show. Uh, the tickets are at the House of Glory website. Uh, just check our Facebook page. The link is on the description there. You can check it out if you want. Yes. Um, next up, interesting one because we haven't seen this in a while. Um, I think it was it last month or the month before that we last had a match from uh, the Wrestling Cares Association. I think it, I think it was June, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, apparently there's going to be free parking at the event in Los Angeles. I've, um, if you want the the details, I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, they've got have they got a website? I'm trying to think. You can certainly look at the photo that's on our Facebook page and have a look. I'm just having a quick look. Uh, It's at the Sheraton Gateway LAX on 6101 West Century Boulevard in Los Angeles. That's the venue where it's going to be this time. Uh, The proceeds are all benefiting charity, so... I don't know... uh, I'm trying to think. Is it ticket? Is it like recommended price for tickets or? Uh, they have the uh, well. Tickets start at uh, fifteen bucks. Uh, I know oh, there's yeah. like a. I know there's like a VIP uh, ticket information, but uh, just check the the website and you'll have all the information there. I'm guessing some of these matches aren't going to happen though, because the first match that I'm going to talk about is. Uh, to be decided versus BJ Whitmer. Yeah. Somehow I don't think that one's going to happen. <clears throat> and I don't know who who's who's the Thomas guy. That's um, Antonio Thomas. Antonio, okay. Uh, so there, Antonio Thomas is still in a to be decided situation whether that will be decided by then I'm not sure uh, next up we've got uh, Pepper I think make sure I get these right <laughs> it's Pepper Parks versus I don't know the first name of Thatcher well it's sure not Les Thatcher I can tell you that yeah it's not Les <laughs> But you got Parks versus Thatcher, uh, B-Boy versus Matthews, Anthony yeah. versus Gulak. Oh, yeah, I think, I think B-Boy's taking on uh, Kyle Matthews. Yeah. Gulak's in it, which is already awesome. Cole versus Olivencia. Drake Younger versus Johnny Gagano. And Adam Pearce versus Willie Mack. There's two strong ones, definitely. I'll certainly give it that. Uh, then we've got the first ever Les Thatcher's lollies. <laughs> what? Oh, Les Thatcher's hey? lady. Sorry, it's. I <laughs> know uh, it's I, either I'm tired or I can't read or both. <laughs> I just thought it was I, I I want that to happen now. Les Thatcher's lollies. <laughs> Les Thatcher's ladies beat the champ series match. 
uh, which will see Katarina Lee versus Candice LeRae. Uh, apparently, uh, Candice Michelle will be guest hosting the whole thing as well. I think the last one was guest hosted by Maria, off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Or the first one was, because I think this is their third show. Or fourth. Uh, but the main event is going to be an interesting one-on-one match, but expect it to possibly become some sort of tag match. Or some interference from the people outside anyway. As Devare with Ryan Shamrock will be taking on Matt Hardy with Reby Sky. And I think this will be the first the first sighting of Reby in a wrestling capacity in about four or five months. Yeah, I think you're right. Since Shine. Yeah. Although uh Reby uh her name has been mentioned uh this week uh due to some comments uh from one uh, female wrestler. Okay, now I'm trying to work out who. Better not be how. Oh, you don't you you heard the story? No. Okay, well I'm gonna have to tell you what happened. Uh basically um uh Amazing Kong uh did her recent uh Yushu DVD with K Fabe commentaries and what they do is they usually do like a, a segment on the on the show in which one segment is called the whole bag. In which the yeah. host Sean Oliver pulls out several names, and then the person who's being interviewed decides if this person deserves to be in the whole bag or not. And when uh, Reby Sky's name came up, uh, Kong uh, said that yeah, she belongs in the bag. And Reby was very pissed when she heard about this. Oh, he said to match it shine. Oh, actually, no, because if that happened, we'd actually have probably murder. <laughs> yeah, um, I know... Uh, I don't Reby, know from who. That's the worrying thing. <laughs> I know Reby, uh she responded to, to this whole thing, but I, I haven't seen the response, so I don't know what she really said. But all I know is that, is that she's not very happy with uh, Amazing Kong right now. Amazing Kong suddenly turns up at the vent. Everybody runs. So then we have our final card to go through. And this is Ring of Honor, their next event, which uh, isn't an iPay-per-view like some people thought it could have been, considering it's August and it's Saturday and it's at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York. It's only going to be... It's probably going to be recorded as a live event for Ring of Honor website and everything, but it's not going to be an iPay-Per-View or anything. I uh, don't think it's a iPay-Per-View on demand either, is it? Uh, it's probably going to be on there on demand, just like the, the All-Star show against the show. Yeah, but it's not, it's not going to be like... Because for the for the eye pay per views, they're saying it's the night after, isn't it? Oh, um, this one I don't think so. They never mentioned. Th- it. Yeah, so, it's gonna, it's a live event which will be eventually brought out probably within a couple of weeks or whatever. Yeah. So we've got 
Apparently, um, R.D. Evans and Q.T. Marshall will be in the house to address the Ring of Honor tag team division. Uh, then we've got the world tag team titles on the line. As the American Wolves of David Richards and Eddie Edwards will defend against the former former champions. Uh, Red Dragon, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. A match that was teased quite a few times over the last couple of months. And I think, was that Red Dragon's last successful defense against them? Um, uh, Before they dropped the titles? Um... I'm drawing a blank to be honest. I can't recall. I don't think they. They, they didn't. They face didn't the. Yeah, the American Wolves face Red Dragon at the. Oh, not best in the world. What was it? The one that the one that was in Canada, in May. Border War Show. It was either at Border Wars or it was at the. Uh, the WrestleCon. Well, not WrestleCon. Yep. The, uh... Yeah, the New York show, yeah, back in April. I don't recall, to be honest, but... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, but this is part of the titles. Um, should be interesting, I'll say that. For the first time ever, by the looks of it anywhere, the young bucks of Matt and Nick Jackson will be taking on the forever hooligans of Rocky Romero and Alex Kozlov. That's going to be one hell of a match. Mm-hmm. Then we've got... The remaining three Ring of Honor World Championship Tournament quarterfinals as Machine Gun Carl Anderson will be taking on Unbreakable Michael Elgin. Roderick Strong will be facing Kevin Steen and Tommaso Ciampa will be facing Mike Bennett. Honestly, for that one, and this is probably the closest we can get to giving picks for this one, I'll probably say Elgin, Strain and Ciampa. Sandra, do you want to give you a quick picks on just those three? Um, um, I'm going to say uh, Carl Anderson, um, Steen, and Bennett. Okay. Then, this should be an interesting one. Scramble Rules Tag Team Match. As Adrenaline Rush of ACH and Tadarius Thomas take on the CNC Wrestle Factory. Of Caprice Coleman and Cedric Alexander. Now, I'm guessing Scramble Rules is probably a tornado tag, I'm guessing. Yep. So, wouldn't it, I, guess, I guess tornado tag is copyrighted by WWE. Damn it. So they couldn't do that. Um, that's what that is. Uh, we've also got Silas Young versus Adam Page. And... An interesting proving ground match as Matt Taven with Truth Martini will be taking on No Fear Mike Mondo. And obviously as it's a proving ground match if Mondo defeats Taven or lasts the time limit he will get a TV title match down the line. Um, also, also I just want to mention real quick there has been some rumors that uh 
one homicide and Eddie Kingston could make an appearance at this show. Uh-oh. That's interesting. I'm trying to work out who'd interfere where. Uh, they might be involved with uh, Prince Nana. Okay. <clears throat> Prince Nana, manager of champions. Even if they were about to lose in Chikara. <laughs> Before somebody decides to ruin everything. And stop and make history or stop history or something like that. Can you tell why I'm bitter that they got rid of Shikara that was doing brilliant and ditched it for a show that does 40 to 50 a night? Anyway. I think with that, uh, that is all we uh, have on picks. Well, preview really for this week a few picks that we did here and there on certain things but uh, I think that's all for us for this week so make sure you check out all the shows here on the network Uh, Tuesdays you have Unplugged with Jeff and Bronx at 9 Eastern must say it was a very good interview with Lex Luger well, I say interview, it's kind of, as JJ put it, it was more of like a, an informal sort of uh, sit-down chat kind of thing, which was always nice. Um, then Fridays, you have The Open Book with myself and Sean at 10pm Eastern. This Saturday, you've got Get In The Zone with Bronx at 9.30 Eastern. And then this Sunday, you have also uh, Sunday Night Showdown covering the uh, WWE SummerSlam pay-per-view with... Bronx and Jeff and possibly even Trey for a little bit which will be uh, nice to hear podcast wise uh, other than us you have the Elite Force podcast the uh, midweek edition with Chuck W and the weekend edition with uh, my wife and walking Uh, you have Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman and I think that's um, all the all ones I can remember off the top of my head. If I've missed anybody, go to the SNS Facebook page, go to the SNS website, you'll find all the details there. Uh, in, the waiters, in the ways that you can get in contact with us, uh, there are now officially three ways. One, you can email us at uh, holeindy at snsradionetwork.com. That's T-H-O-L-E-I-N-D-Y at snsradionetwork.com. You can also get in contact with us on our Facebook page. Just search for Whole Indie Show. Give us a like on there and you can keep up to date with all that's going on. 
and then uh, set up this past week, uh, and it's going to be managed mainly by Sandro, mainly because, one, I'm losing as much time as possible to having to deal with social stuff, and two, I'm not entirely probably social enough in order to... uh, I mean, considering most of the time I just use my Twitter account for uh, retweeting stuff to try and win competitions, you can see my capacity for Twitter. But, uh, Sandra, I believe the uh, Twitter handle is... Is it TWIS underscore podcast? Yes, it is. Uh, Just... You have followed the show at TWIS underscore podcast because apparently um, other things related to TWIS are related to science, apparently. So. They re- relate to science? What? Yeah. Yeah, there's this other TWIS that stands for This Week in Science. Oh, right. Okay. So if This Week in Science does a podcast, we put them in shock. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently. Sorry, This Week in Science. Uh, We don't don't complain about... We're not complaining about science. We loved YouTube Geek Week. (laughs) And all that stuff. Actually, that was actually strong. I guess that's that's another discussion for another time. Um, Sandra, any final words or anything before uh, we head off for this week? Um, I haven't set everything for Saturday, but I'll try to go to the Ring of Honor show here in New York, but um, it's going to be like a last-minute decision for me. So I'll I'll probably find out, like, literally last minute. Um, aside from, of course... Our, our social media, you can also follow the SNS Radio Network on Twitter at SNS Radio Network. Um, it should be very interesting uh, next week. See what we'll chat about. So, uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Indeed. So, uh, with that song of the night this week, as I was just contemplating after he said, you know, it's a, it's a last minute decision whether I should stay or go, then just instantly thinking, oh, let's do the clash. And then I thought, no, I'll go with what I originally intended because this coming Monday, something's happening about Shikara and something's relating to Ashes. So, in that respect, song of the night for this week is Muse and Survival, aka the one that I absolutely hated 12 months ago as being a crappy uh, song for the Olympics, which they didn't even use for the Olympics, and then actually thinking about it, it isn't that bad a track, it's just a bit of a rip-off of Queen. Anyway, that's a long-ass explanation. Um <laughs> All that being said, that was Sandro, this was Ashley, and all of this that you've just listened to was your weekly slice of indie goodness. We'll see you next week, people.
Peace. And then there was one. And the one was more probably Davy Richards not showing up.